This is episode 22 of Mike McCurry Live with Mike Wallace. Mike and Mary Wallace are sent out of the First Baptist Church of Kenmore, and we are privileged to be a part of their ministry. You might not find finer missionaries on a foreign field. Now, Mike and Mary Wallace are servants' servants. They're serving God in Mexico City, and it's such a privilege to have the time to interview him here on episode 22 of Mike McCurry Live. Mike Wallace, I appreciate him taking the time all the way from Mexico City. The time zones are all weird. Uh, the, the time change and everything hasn't happened yet, but we made it happen. I appreciate him doing this in Mexico City, Mexico, surrounded by millions and millions of people, but taking the time to be with us here in Akron, Ohio. Appreciate it very much, sir. Thanks for being with us. No problem. Thank you so much, brother. Yes, sir. Could you give folks that maybe, you know, I was talking to talking to someone recently. Uh, hi, I. I had no idea how they would know who you are besides maybe you came through the church and deputation and they said, Oh, I know the Wallaces. I, I love those folks. So you're well loved all over the place. Okay. <laughs> but for folks that don't know you, could you give us a short introduction to, uh, to, to, to you? Sure. Brother Micah. Uh, well, I'm, uh, let's see, I'm a 30 year old Christian. Uh, let me, let me rephrase that. I've, I've been saved 30 years. Okay. I'm a little bit older than 30 though. I feel uh, pretty young still, but uh, 30 years been saved now. And, uh, I'm the husband of my wife, Mary. We've been married for over 30 years now. I have uh, three children, three and a half grandchildren. I got one coming uh, later this year, so three and a half. And uh, let's see, I have one brother and I'm a military veteran. I'm an independent Baptist missionary. And probably one thing that's very dear to me, Brother Micah, is I'm a member of one of the best churches in the United States. That's the First Baptist Church of Kenmore here in Akron, Ohio. Amen. 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 Well, I, we've always appreciated and, and I, I'm trying to think how long, maybe you remember how long we've been, we were on staff at the church before we ever got to even meet you or talk on the phone or anything like that. Right. Yeah. We were on the fail, brother Micah. And uh, I can't remember exactly, but it was a couple years or a few years or so before we came through. And, uh, Amen. So. Well, it, I'm, I'm so glad that we get to be a part of, and I tell people this, and I'm not just telling you this. I tell people that um, it's, it's so amazing that I consider you some of the best missionaries I know. And I, I appreciate that. I'm not buttering you up. I, I've said this to multiple people, but it's it's great. It's so great that you guys are out of our church, out of all right. the churches in America. You guys could be out of. We get you. And so, right. We're, and we're, I, I feel the same proud. way, brother Micah. I feel the same way because when people ask me, they say, "Well, what's your home church?" I, you know, I feel honored to say, "Well, my home church is the First Baptist Church." We we uh, started there, I guess, in 2001. That's when we came to the church. So not quite 20 years yeah. ago, but it's been a while now. And, and sure. Uh, Love our home church, love uh, Pastor and you folks, and all the people there, First Baptist. Amen. Now you've been on the field uh, for a little while now. You, you, how many years exactly, Medicine? Let's see, we're let's see about seven years now here in Mexico City. Seven years, and you've been you I, you've been able to come. Not well, it's not close, but you've been able to pop in and out of the country a few times. And, and I know for some health things and, and all of that. But when was the last like real furlough? I guess that you guys had. Uh, let's see, we took that about two and a half years ago or three years ago, Brother Micah. And so, uh, so yeah, about three years ago. Amen. Amen. And now do you, are, are you guys due for another one sometime? Well, we're hoping, Brother Micah, that next year, later next year, maybe a little bit more than a year from now, 
we're hoping we can take another furlough. I don't know if it'll be a year, but another furlough. And uh, you you know this, people listening may or may not know this, but we, we would like to be uh, there in November for the uh, anniversary and the revival. So uh, we're kind of hoping to take that part of our reason to come out. And so. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that'll be great. Looking forward to it myself. Um, now you, the, the church from, from the weekly updates, and, and one of the things, one of the reasons I tell people, and this is, well, there's multitude of proofs, but one of the proofs that I have for you guys being just great missionaries is you got you send out a weekly update email which yeah. is the, the length of most missionaries entire prayer letter for three or six months now and i just to jump right into it why and I, i'm not asking an accused story minute why do why did you feel the need for that and what what made that so dear to you that you take the time because i know it takes time to do that right Right. Well, when we came back on our second term, which we're on our second term now, when we came back, uh, we had another a number of prayer matters. And so I was kind of in contact with pastors asking them to pray for this and that, different things like that. And then once we got here and got rolling, uh, it was amazing the things that were happening and still happening. And so I, you know, I just couldn't really wait. I, I, I just sent an email out to a lot of our supporting churches and said, hey, this is going on. And then I sent it the next week because there's more things going on. And another missionary friend said, hey, have you ever heard of a MailChimp? And I said, is that like something at a zoo and they said no it's, you know and so he turned me on to that and so I, I put all my contacts on there and and just continue to do that and people kept saying wow this is we feel like we're right there this week with you and and so there's just been so many things happening so many good things happening i i just kind of continue that for a while and and i haven't really stopped yet and so guys are doing great things and so we we don't want to keep it to ourselves every two months we want to share it as quickly as we can and so it's been a blessing to us and other folks have said they've enjoyed it as well now, in curiosity, how long does that normally take you to sit down? I know I'm sure it depends on the quantity of, of material to put into it. How long does that normally take you to type out there? Well, not very much, Brother Micah. There, there's normally three or four big things that happen every week, and so I just – they're kind of in my head anyway, and so I just kind of, you know, 20, 30 minutes maybe at most and, and send it out. And, and people can pray specifically. They can rejoice in the answers to prayer. And, and like I say, several people have said, you know, Brother Mike, I feel like I'm right there with you. Thank you for doing that. And so – but it doesn't take long, but it actually this is kind of a – it wasn't the motive, but it really helps me do my prayer letter every two months because I have everything you know, all there anyway. Way in, but uh, I just kind of sum it up. But, uh, but yeah, it doesn't take long, but it, I think it's effective. Absolutely. Any missionaries or future missionaries that are out there, I would take a note from Brother Wallace's book. And like you said, 30 minutes or so. But you want to talk about feeling the bang for your buck, your missionary dollar. We we feel it. We, we, we say, you know, you're doing – and I, I know there's countless missionaries, and you know as well. Countless missionaries doing great work. And some um, – I know, you know some in Papua New Guinea where they, they barely have cell service. They, they couldn't even send an email if they wanted to, and I understand that. But, man, yeah. it, it – it, it lets people know that the work is going on and, and missionary money well spent. And so we appreciate it. And if you're not signed up, how could people sign up for that? They could uh, just send know. me an email. We have a website. It's uh, You could just type in Wallace's Mexico City, and there's a, a contact form there. Or uh, my, my email address is Wallace's, the number two, Mexico at Yahoo.com. Send me an email that way. But, uh, you know, you and I are live right now, and, and uh, the the weekly update's almost a live type thing. And so it's it's just a, a good thing, I think. Not, not everybody can do it, but I, I don't mind doing it. I enjoy doing it. Amen. Amen. Um, 
Uh, what was your, to go back to your military career, obviously near and dear to me, because my dad being in the military growing up as an army brat, um, what prompted you to join the military and, and what was that, what was that portion of your life like? Sure, Brother Mike. I, uh, when I graduated from high school, I didn't really have any plans that I knew of. I just thought I'd get some more education. I went to uh, the local, uh, it's a University of Alabama, and, uh, and I went there and I began taking business classes and I met some folks and they were in the ROTC program. And so it kind of sounded good to me, so I joined that program and and uh, graduated and, and had my assignment in the military. And and um, and so that, that's kind of how that happened. I got saved just right before I graduated from college. Uh, it's not a long story, but a, just a testimony of my salvation. But I, I got saved, and, and then I was in the military off overseas to Germany, my first assignment. And, and God really used that in my life, I think, really to open my eyes to missions. I had... I had traveled a little bit. My wife had never really traveled much out of her home state, and all of a sudden we were in a foreign country, and and uh, of course there wasn't cell phones and stuff back then, and it's a little bit different. But uh, but God began to open my eyes to just uh, different culture, different people, uh, and yet the same need of the gospel, and and I believe He used that to help draw me into missions. Amen. 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 Now, and, and how, long, how long were you in? Uh, sorry, a little echo here. How long were you in the military? I was in just 10 years for the MICA. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Was there a thought to possibly make it a career and the Lord changed those or how did that come about? Yes, sir. Brother Micah, I had my, at that time, I enjoyed it so much and we love Europe. My plans was to retire after 20 years and just retire in Europe, not come back to the States. We liked it so much. And uh, so that was my plan. But then God, uh, he called me to preach. And then I believe he called me out of the military to get into the ministry full time. And so, uh, of course, now I, I, I'm still in the Army, just the Lord's Army and, and not the, the, the U.S. Army. But uh, but so, yeah, I had planned to stay in, but God had better plans. So. Sure. There is a lot, obviously a lot of different, uh, I say dangers, and, and we we know that you're safest in the center of Lord's will. But in, in Mexico, in Mexico City, there are some dangers. I was just listening to a gentleman talk about some of the dangers um, that have kind of come back into the areas uh, around Rio de Janeiro and Brazil. They had the Olympics there. They cleared out all these areas and then it's the favelas i think called and all they're all full of you know gang warfare drugs and all that stuff and mexico city you know hasn't even had any any portion really cleared out i'm guessing in a really long while uh in having the military training and some of the things i know you maybe weren't necessarily one kicking down doors you know 11 bravo infantry or something like that but what are some of the things that for a civilian that we they might not think about um just the situational awareness and being boots on the ground, figuratively speaking, for the last wow. seven years, some of the things that just walking through the airport, walking down the street, little things that you pick up on and maybe explain some of the dangers that, that Americans would not understand about ministering in that field. Right. Well, um, yeah, the military training provided the discipline and uh, uh, kind of a overall awareness of your surroundings and, and things like that. So a lot, a lot of those things, when you spend a lot of time in whether it's school or military, those things kind of stick in your head. A lot of those things do. And so, you know, I'm a lot more aware of, of my surroundings, but that doesn't necessarily uh, resolve the problem. And so I, you know, I've had a gun stuck to my head before and I've been, uh, you know, sent messages with pictures of the cartel that want to come visit my house and all those kind of things. And so there's a lot of things you really can't 
uh, avoid, but on a day-to-day basis, I just try to be more aware of my surroundings. I try to, of course, you can't have a gun here. Only the police and bad guys, you know, have guns. And so, uh, but I have my, all my other non-gun type things that I carry. I might got uh, just a, a number of things, but, but I just try to be careful. But I, I think, Brother Mike, it's not more than, uh, just the military awareness or being careful. I, you know, I think the Lord's protection is what, uh, is what gives me the peace and security above any type of training or anything like that. And so we, we pray daily and folks like you all pray for us and our safety. And so because of that, we feel, uh, that we're in a dangerous area. We feel very safe, uh, in God's will. And so, so yeah, the training, all that helps and being careful helps and having little knives and sticks and things help, you know, but, but most of all, it's, it's, it's God's protection that takes care of us here. Amen. No, the Lord has it sounds as though when reading the emails, the Lord is really doing a work there in the church. And, and I, I know that numbers are not everything, but can you talk people through the, the numerical growth that God has given? And obviously they represent souls, but the numerical growth that God has given over the last year or so for the church there. Right. Yeah, we uh, our church now is not quite quite two and a half years old. It's a little over two years old. And, uh, and we run regularly, uh, Wednesdays and Sundays, we run over a hundred people, 120 people or so. We, we, it's a, it's a good problem in that uh, we're out of space already. We, 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 here in Mexico, you build up. And so we're going to try to fill in some space and make a big auditorium upstairs. And, but yeah, people come, they get saved, they come back, uh, they get baptized, they come back and they get uh, discipled. And, and, uh, it's a real good problem. People here work a lot. They work odd hours. They work nights and days and weekends and all that. And so uh, some people can't be there faithfully every Sunday, but they, they come when they're not working. And and uh, so, but yeah, we run fa- uh, regularly over 100 people Wednesday and Sunday. And and uh, it's it's and, and people getting saved that live in other areas, not not real close to us. And so, but God's doing a great work here. And it's uh, it's funny, Brother Micah, I uh, I was born and uh, grew up in a, a small town in Alabama. Um, not not a tiny town, but I think when I was born, probably maybe seven thousand people or something like that. And now it's grown over over the years. I won't tell you my age, but it's grown over the years, and it's and now they're up to eight thousand people there in Tuscumbia, Alabama. Uh, that's the birthplace of Helen Keller, Tuscumbia, Alabama. And uh, but I, I'm a small town kind of guy. Uh, and yet God has seen fit to put me in the second largest city in the world, Mexico City. And so, uh, but but it's a, just a great, great need here. We're doing what we can with God's help, but uh, we're just barely scratching the surface, really. Uh, Mexico City grows, they say, by a thousand people every day. So if everybody was saved today, we'd be behind by a thousand tomorrow. It's just, uh, it's hard to imagine that. But uh, so we have good attendance and, and good results, but there's so much more to do here. Sure. <laughs> To give people an idea of the scale, how many people are in Mexico City, and then tell us the, the geographic size, just to drive for oh, the mileage there. Right. Uh, Mexico City uh, has uh, now the, the 37 million people, 20 in the city, and the, uh, the what they call it, the greater city area is another uh, 18 million, so 37, 38 million people. And uh, the city itself is about less than 600 square miles, but it's a big area, 600 square miles city and uh, 38 million people. And so it's, it's huge. And then, you know, to drive, uh, I don't know, the airport from here, is uh, is uh, nine miles from my house, nine miles to the airport. It takes an hour and a half, you know, two hours to get to the airport. So just because of the traffic and everything. Sure. Sure. 
the there's a geographic area with it being so incredibly dense that you could expect and because of the drive times that you could expect someone out witnessing whatever the case may be you lead them to the lord for them to actually come to your location i guess the question i'm leading is how close could a church be planted to you and not even touch the same people Right. Yeah. It wouldn't have to be very far away, Brother Micah. It's, uh, uh, you, um, I'm trying to think of mileage how far, but, uh, you know, there in, in Akron, there's a number of good independent Baptist churches and, and you could have 10 times that many, uh, close to our church and it really, uh, wouldn't be the same. It's just, uh, it's just huge. And most homes have seven or eight families living in each home and there's, you know, seven or eight people in each home or in each family. So you got 50 people per home and there's homes upon homes upon homes. So, uh, there was a, a missionary. I don't know that he's still here, but there was a missionary that came to Mexico City and uh, to figure out where he wanted to be at to, to reach out to the people. And he moved into a real large apartment complex and uh, to have a place to stay as he began to do the research. And it was a real big apartment complex. He began to reach people in this apartment complex, and there was a little a little community room there, or whatever that he helped began to have uh, Bible studies and prayer time and services. And I don't think he really moved too far away from his apartment complex and had, you know, a couple hundred people there just in his apartment complex. And so that's just one building and and it's just such a vast area. Uh, Churches could be relatively close to us and we really wouldn't know it. Sure. sure. That's not the case though. I I should say there's probably, uh, I think uh, maybe 10, 11, maybe a dozen good independent Baptist missionaries in Mexico city, but you know, 38 million people, it's almost 4 million, uh, three or 4 million people per, per church. So, to young men, young women, uh, folks that would be even willing, I'm saying people that are called to missions, people that would be willing to consider or have just surrendered their life to whatever God has for them. Um, what charge, what, what um, uh, not, not inspiring word, but what thought would you give them to say, hey, consider Mexico, but just consider missions in general? Right. I'd say, Brother Mike, I, I would personally, I believe uh, a missions trip would be a wonderful thing. One, uh, it, it's an encouragement to a missionary to have a, somebody come visit them and spend a few days with them. And it really, uh, you know, it can open people's eyes to one, the way it is in their home country, like America, uh, and then, but also to see the needs in, in other countries. I, when when we were called, Michael, to the field here, I, I felt called to preach in, in the military, and we started a military church uh, before I got out, and then we got out, and I helped start. Was a part of a, a church uh, plant in an inner city, and uh, but being in the military, having traveled, my wife traveled with me. Uh, our kids, when they were born, they didn't know anything but the United States, and so I thought really for their benefit, we ought to take a missions trip when they were relatively young, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and so we took them on a missions trip to Mexico. Me thinking it was for their benefit, and uh, but when we came here, uh, God began to really deal with my heart, and I, I thought, Lord, I'm you know I'm in a good church, First Baptist Church of Kenmore, I'm I'm serving in the Rock of Ages prison ministry, you know, every weekend, and you know, you, you know, you must have something wrong here. This is for my kids, remember, Lord, and uh, but we went back the next year, and God made it very clear He wanted us to come to the field. But just a missions trip opened my eyes. It might not call everybody to to a foreign field, but it would really help them get a broader perspective of what's going on in the world and appreciate where they're from a little bit more and, and, and be a blessing to a missionary by making a visit. And practically speaking, for folks, whether from our church or otherwise, that would want to come down and, and even visit you, um, I know you've opened your doors to, to multiple folks now. Um, practically speaking, 
cost-wise, because Mexico, is, it would be a little cheaper than a lot of other places. Um, and then just practically speaking, what would be the makeup of a missions trip? Yeah, well, the, basically getting the plane ticket. And, and tickets for the MICA, you know, they fluctuate throughout the year, but they're really pretty cheap. I, You know, you could get a round-trip ticket from way up there where you folks are in Ohio for maybe under 500 bucks, you know, to Mexico City, and that's, that's not bad at all. And then, of course, we would provide the food and, and everything. It would just be your souvenirs and whatever you want to buy when you're here. The lodging, we have a plenty. We have a missions apartment in our church and extra space for blow up mattresses and things like that. So basically just a plane ticket and spending money and that's about it. Really. It'd be a real, uh, real uh, inexpensive missions trip. Sure. That would be a, um, I've heard of uh, folks doing for a 16th birthday. They'll send their kids on a missions trip or, or I heard someone uh, said either they will uh, pay for the kid's wedding or send them on a mission trip or something like that. And, and so, someone I had on, Miss Jennifer Ruth Green, she was number three, third uh, interview. Um, she's a single lady. And uh, yeah, I, I don't recall her age because you're not supposed to ask women her age. Uh, but she t- cashed in for her, her uh, wedding or, or trip. And she went to Antarctica or something like that. Something crazy. Uh, but that, that's a great, great opportunity to, in parents, I mean, man, I, I think of, you know, we bought the kid, parents buy their kids Jordans and Xboxes and all this. Oh yeah. And I'm not saying it's bad stuff by, 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 any, by any chance, but man, giving them that kind of experience would be, would be so worthwhile. Uh, right. And that would be a great opportunity. Yeah, and we would take if somebody wanted to visit Brother Micah, they could come any time of the year, pretty much. I mean, we have conferences and different things where you know it could do it any time, but almost any time they could visit. One person, a teenager, could visit. Uh, an adult could visit. A couple, if there's a couple that you know didn't have kids in the home or whatever, wanted to visit, or a small church group. So really, we're we're open. We could you know we could have up to maybe 15 people easily, maybe 20, and so it's really open. Anybody that would like to come is more than welcome to visit us here in Mexico City. Awesome. Now, I can't believe we've talked this long. I don't know how long it's been, and we have not yet really mentioned your wife, but in passing. I can't believe this because your wife is a jewel. She's a gem. She's she's just amazing. She does a lot of different stuff. I know, and she, I know she's just a huge asset to your ministry there in so many different ways with the kids, with music and things. But talk a little, a little bit about, if you would, on her behalf, uh, some of the things, that, and I'll mention some things that she does even right now for our church and school. But how big of a help she is to the ministry there? Yeah. Well, as a pastor's wife or a missionary's wife, she's a huge help just from that perspective, you know, helping me with all the little things I need help with and helping in the church. And so just from that one position as a pastor's wife or missionary's wife, she's a huge help. Uh, but apart from that, she uh, she uh, she has things that I don't have. Uh, she uh she, uh, I, I'm a joyful person. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I, I'm excited about what God's doing, but I don't always convey that as much as, as she does. And I mean, she walks into the room. She speaks good Spanish, but she really doesn't have to speak a language. She just, she's able to connect with people like I, I can't really do sometimes. And, uh, but uh, in saying that, she's a real big help to the women here in the church. Uh, she, uh, she actually gets the opportunity to, to speak at women's. Um, ladies conferences here in Mexico. She did that in the States and she's still able to do that here. She does a lot of chalk art drawing as part of her ladies ministry. She draws a black black light chalk drawing ahead of time and she picks a topic and draws a separate thing. And then at the end, you turn on the black light and it shows a hidden picture that relates to what she was talking about. So that's one thing that she's used for a number of years and that goes real good in conferences. But 
Uh, she's really uh, has a. She speaks one more language that I don't speak. I, I speak. I don't speak English very well, but I, I speak English. I, I, I spoke German, uh, of course, in Germany and and Spanish. But uh, she speaks music. I don't speak that language very well, and uh, but she loves it. She just uh, can't get enough of it. She uh, she teaches the kids here at church um, and adults at church too. But guitar and violin and uh, piano and bells and voice and teaches a number of things to the people at church. But also she teaches. Uh, there's uh, there's over a million orphans in Mexico City. If you can imagine that, over a million orphans. And uh, we've connected now with one orphanage and we have contact with another one. And uh, she teaches these uh, orphan girls uh, guitars or teaches them guitar. And uh, so she goes there once a week and uh, shares. They don't, of course, have a, a father being an orphan, but she shares the love of the Heavenly Father with them. And they just, they, those orphan girls can't get enough of that. They just, uh, they asked her last week. We try to be careful about this. and We don't have, um, you know, false motives, but we don't, we, we want to be a blessing, first of all, to the orphan girls. And, and uh, but just recently they said, so you go to church, can we, we'd love to come to church with you. So this music is kind of open up the door, hopefully very soon to be able to bring the orphan girls to church. And so that's a blessing. And, and uh, she teaches folks online, like, you know, uh, music and teaches people in our church. So uh, her music uh, is a big addition to the ministry here. And, and uh, so, yeah, she's, uh, my wife is a blessing to me and many others. So thank yes, you for sir. that. She, uh, those who don't know, she, she is a part of our music education here at the school at First Baptist Academy. She teaches via Skype uh, every Thursday, and we so greatly appreciate it. I mean, uh, she's busy enough, you know, being your wife, being a pastor's wife, uh, being there in the field, and all the things that go along with that, not to speak of, uh, speaking of different things, and, and teaching orphanages, and um, just crazy amount of stuff but she still makes time and she's taught three four five six maybe half a dozen uh young ladies at our church throughout the years um all via the power of technology and, and i'm sure some before that but we so really appreciate her taking that time and that personal investment um she's she's very real and i appreciate that about her um and uh there's uh it's you get who you get with Miss Wallace, and it's it's about the best best you can you, you can want, and so we appreciate that. If she's listening back there, I I mean it all, Miss Wallace. Uh, but anyway, uh, now so military career and, and and call to preach and transferring into uh, in ministry there in Mexico. What were some of the um, biggest culture not shocks? You got to see a lot of the world before you got to Mexico there, and, and you visited there. What are some things that? to the American mindset that just really tripped you up when you, when you got to Mexico full time? Yeah, uh, probably, uh, uh, it wasn't a, a huge culture shock for us, but, um, uh, probably, uh, you know, some of the uh, lack of sanitation. I mean, we visited, but I guess to I began to live in it, I didn't really realize how, how bad things are. And, um, the, the pollution here is real bad in Mexico City all the time, except for when it rains, it clears up a little bit, but uh, pollution is real bad and, you know, so it brings some health issues. But uh, just the, the for us here in Mexico City, probably just the, the multitudes of people, to see so many people in poverty and uh, and just wanting to reach them all and and all that, it, it's just all that together kind of, you know, was kind of a, not a shock, but a hard thing to, to kind of get used to. And I don't know that I'm really still used to seeing the, you know, the poverty. I, I'm in houses every day and I'm in neighborhoods every day. But, you know, when you come from America, you know, our poorest people are richer than the majority of the people here. And, uh, you know, the people that have a job here, Michael, they, they work 
10, 11, 12 hours a day just for one job. And their average pay is, is $5 a, a day, not an hour, but $5 a day. And that, you know, they use that to pay for their transportation back and forth. And, you know, and they, they really live day by day. They, you know, we, the prayer that Jesus said is to pray for our daily bread. And, and they really do. They get up in the morning and what money they have, they go to the market and buy a few, a few things. The next day they do it again and again. And, uh, you know, I don't have to live that way. I'm not rich, but I have food in my cabinet and I don't have to go to the store or go to the market every day, but they do. And for me just to see that, I still haven't quite got used to, you know, such poverty. And Mexico City is not the most poverty stricken area in the world, I'm sure. But for me and from where I've come from, uh, to me, it's something I still haven't got over. It's not a culture shock, but I, it's just a very sobering fact that, you know, most people don't live like Americans do. Yes, sir. And you, you mentioned the, the pros, the, the, the good things about a mission trip and, and the way it changes your thinking. And that's got to be part of it. Um, yeah. I, I got to live in Germany like you did for, for a little while. Um, but that's a, that's a pretty affluent country. Uh, they're, they're, they take care of themselves well. Um, and so I, I would I personally love to experience, though um, <laughs> it sounds odd to say I would love to experience, but to see and, and to really wrap your mind around, because hearing it is one thing, but seeing is another. And for those that are listening, man, take Brother Wallace up on his offer. I, I need to take you up on your offer sooner rather than later. But I, we, what that opportunity to see, um, to forget the just untold scores. Uh, and, and this may seem as an odd question, but how do you, with your life goal, as all Christians should be, but with your life goal of reaching people for, with the gospel, how do you wrap your head around living with that many people an arm's length away? Is it just a kind of uh, just one bite at a time? You know, that's how you eat an elephant, just one bite at a time. And we're just going to go do this ministry every day and just, just do as much as we can and pillow ahead, wake up and go after again. Or, or how, do, how do you kind of compartmentalize that? Yeah. You know, Mike, I think that what you said is uh, true for it should be true for most Christians. I What, what I do or, or what I find the the easiest way to do it is is just like in the States, what you would want to do as a Christian is the people that you came in contact with, whether it was by accident being at a store or gas station or on purpose knocking doors on Saturday like a church, whoever we come in contact with, I I realize that, you know, they're a soul and they're destined to one of two places and I want to take advantage of that. And now the thing is, is I have a lot more people here that I run into than, than you would maybe somewhere else. But but I just try to take each person that we see, uh, if, if I have the time to, to share the gospel with them and that they might be able to make the decision to be saved or if not, give them a gospel track or if not, invite them to church. And I try to encourage our church people to do the same thing. You know, I tell them that the pastor is not really anybody that's super special, just another Christian like them. And they need to do the same thing. They need to invite their their neighbor, their friends, people they come in contact with. And, and so just kind of one by one, you know, one soul at a time. Only I can only give the gospel really effectively to one person at a time, sometimes a, a bigger group. But, uh, but you know, to try to give everybody a chance that I come in contact with to, to hear the gospel or to read it in written form or to and be invited to church so that they could hear it at church. And so one at a time really is just the best way for me at least. Now, what are some prayer requests that for folks who maybe haven't read your recent emails, what are some prayer requests that you, you would have that you just like to pass on for people to pray for specifically? Sure. Uh, Brother Mike, if you could pray for our, uh, our, couple projects that we have at church. Uh, again, we our little 
patio auditorium is maxed out. It fits about uh, fits about uh, about 90 people. I should say it fits 45 Americans or 90 Mexicans. But uh, and so we have to. I'm going to change the name of our church. It's called Hope Baptist Church, uh, but I'm going to change it maybe to Open Door Baptist Church. I'm kind of joking, but we have to we have these big garage kind of doors that we open just so that people on the street can sit on the sidewalk or street because they can't all fit into our auditorium. But uh, it's just been that way for a while now, and I realize that's God's blessing, and so we need to kind of expand some. And so we're going to we have a plan to uh, I won't go into all the details, but to uh, make larger our auditorium and then to put a roof on the church. Right now we have a church, uh, we have a circus tent that serves as our, our roof and, but it's got some dry rotting and, and it leaks when it rains. We're getting close to the rainy season and the wind blows and the rain comes in from the side and all that. So we really need more space and a good roof. And so that's something that hopefully maybe even next week we might start working on that. It's a uh, rainy season comes in May. And so we got a month or five weeks or six weeks to try to get all this done. So uh, pray for our building project. Uh, we need to make it earthquake proof uh, building here. Uh, there's a lot of earthquakes in Mexico City. Some of them are pretty big. And uh, last September we had a big one. And and uh, but so we got to not just build it, but build it where it's safe for the people. And uh, so one is the building project. And uh, you pray about that. I, and that's really the my main prayer request at this time, Brother Mike, is our, our building project at church. I, my wife has suffered for a while from uh, parasites real bad, but she is getting over that. Many folks prayed about that, so she finally was able to get the upper hand on that. Uh, I had a knee surgery about a month or so ago, but I'm healing up real good, so uh, God's answered prayer on that. But I'd say just the, the church, uh, just the construction part, but that God would continue to bless. I mean, it's, it's exciting to see uh, people in the cartel get saved. It's exciting to see uh, a guy gets saved, then his wife gets saved, then his uh, teenage kids get saved. It's just God's doing so much. I guess my other prayer would be just to pray that God keep blessing. I just I, I don't have any fears. I, I trust the Lord, but it's just going so well. I just think like maybe tomorrow, you know, something bad is going to happen or whatever. But God's good, and I don't have to worry about that. But just pray that things keep going well, and pray for our church uh, construction project. I, I love. Uh, you you mentioned the uh, the roof being a circus tent. You just skim right over it like that. That's not a big deal. Um, and, and for us, we had a we had a uh, spring or fall program a couple years ago under the big top or over the top or something like that. And we put streamers up to mimic a circus tent. But you actually have a circus tent as right. the roof, and so right. just just for uh, just the, the the differences between an American, you know, if if, if someone walked into the first Baptist Church of Kenmore and it was circus tent. They probably walk right back out just the, the way the way we are, um, but man, I, I'm so glad that it, it's God's blessing and that we get to be a part of it here. And for folks that are at the First Baptist Church of Kenmore, man, if you're not involved in the missions giving, then this is no better advertisement for it because your dollars are going directly to folks like this, and we get the opportunity to be a part of great folks across the world, but specifically with you folks there in Mexico. And uh, we greatly appreciate, of course, Mrs. Wallace and her investment in you as well. Um, any any last words? I always say, you know, anything you want to get off your chest, but any any last parting thoughts as, as we close this down a little while? 
I, I would say, Brother Micah, I, I just uh, for myself and what I tell our people at our church, and, and you've heard it too a, a number of times, I'm sure. But I, you know, we don't know for sure, but I believe Jesus is coming back soon. We can't predict the day, of course. The Bible says that. But, you know, when you look at how things are getting worse and worse, so much for the theory of evolution that things are getting better and better. They're not. They're getting worse and worse, you know, so quickly. And I believe the Lord has come back soon. And so I think, you know, we need to do all that we can while we can on the foreign fields and praying for missionaries, supporting missionaries and back home in the United States, because, uh, you know, if he's coming soon, we want to be found faithful. We want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And, and so now's not the time to let up. Now's the time to, if we believe he's come back soon, now's the time to do more than we have been doing. And, and uh, so I, you know, that's what I encourage myself with. That's what I encourage our people with. I think that should be an encouragement to all Christians to, to believe he's coming back soon because he, he really could even today. Uh, and if he doesn't, then the benefit is we've done the best that we could today. And right. uh, if he doesn't come back yeah. for a long time, then we've done the best that we could for a long time. But if he comes back today, uh, we will be found faithful if we're burdened for getting the gospel out. Yes, sir. Yeah. I greatly really appreciate you taking the time with the ministry you have going on there and everything and talking to your wife and, you know, it being tax season. And I know that can be a, that just all the different things you have to deal with, with that, but I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you've always been very kind to me, but all, of course, very kind to our church and uh, any pastors that might happen to listen. Uh, let me say this for those that are listening right now, please uh, share the video, not for my sake, but for Brother Wallace's sake. There's all, he, 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 said a lot of great stuff and just that last little clip there last minute or so um we got to do more we've got to do as much as we can i should say and uh absolutely so share the video you know like comment all that different type of stuff but any pastors that happen to watch this uh, please consider supporting the wallaces they're doing uh great stuff it would be it would be great if they could just you know just shell out the money to uh, make the building earthquake proof and put a roof on it and all that stuff. Unless you, I, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to replace it with a, with an actual roof, not a, a different right. circus tent. Actually, not another circus tent. No, we want a real thing. <laughs> sure. But um, for those, and those that are listening, maybe not a pastor, maybe, maybe you're giving all you can to mission missionaries, put the Wallace's on your prayer list, subscribe right. to their weekly uh, 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 prayer uh, um uh, email updates. Um, you're not going to want to miss those. It's great stuff every time. And I know for me, it you get you sent out every Monday and it fires me up every Monday. I get that. And, and even if we had a bad day or a down day at church and, you know, found out God's moving to Mexico and we have a good day and it just uh, here at church and, and God's still moving to Mexico. And, 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 and that's a blessing to me personally. And I appreciate okay. that. So as long as you keep that up, we're going to keep reading them. It's one of the, even if sometimes I'll, I'll leave it on the red because I don't have time to read it right at that moment. And so maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday before I go back, but I always leave it on the red because I go, got to go back and read it. Um, so don't skip over those. I don't know what your open rates are if MailChimp tells you that, but they better be close to 97% because people need to read those things. But we appreciate Brother Wallace. Thank you so much for your time. And thank Mrs. Wallace. Uh, for giving a few minutes of our time again today, Thursday, with the kids. If you stick around for just a moment, this has been Mike McCurry Live, number 22, with Missionary to Mexico City, with Mike Wallace. Uh, if you haven't scheduled a budget plane tickets, Mike Wallace is exactly the type of person that I started this podcast to talk to. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast or any of our previous ones, please leave a review, maybe five stars if you're feeling up to it. Uh, share it with somebody. Share it on social media or tell someone about it, even word of mouth. 
I'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in. This was episode 22 of Mike McCurry Live with Mike Wallace.